we begin to see how our biological systems, what we think of as our body, what we think of as our mind, are really products of our environment, products of continual exchange and interchange with our environment. And Ayurveda then, of course, gets into quite a bit of detail and specificity as to how this functions in all of the different ways in biological systems, and that's what we're going to talk about next. Um, um, if you have been exposed to Ayurveda before, you will almost certainly have heard of the doshas. Um, dosha is another Sanskrit word um, that is best translated into English as biological humors. Um, or we could say that it's a way of categorizing groups of patterns that go together into some major, um, major uh, archetypes isn't the right word, but we're looking at categories of, of different ways that biological systems work in different, in different ways and how they work together. Um, the doshas are um, called vata, pitta, and kapha. Again, now we, we're going more into Sanskrit terminology because this is a place where we don't really have good English words to translate these into, and it's a little more helpful, actually, to have some jargon because then we can use these words uh, to refer to specific things. Um, the word dosha, before getting into what the doshas are specifically, uh, the word dosha itself means to spoil or something that has gone off. So um, this does, when we're looking at the doshas, we are looking at um, how, we're looking at a way in which the body is uh, quote unquote impure. So we heard the other day that, you know, one of the main mistakes that we, that is made in, but according to Buddhism is mistaking thing, making, mistaking impure things as pure. And the primary one of those is our body. And as Marut was saying, if you just peel back the skin a little bit, you can see that your body is full of all kinds of gross stuff. You don't even really want to know what's going on in there because it's, you've got all kinds of weird fluids and it's just kind of yucky. Uh, <laughs> so the word dosha does uh, reflect this in the sense of uh, that as... I mean, I, I don't know. I try to, I try to make it sound pretty and, and nice and inviting. But frankly, the, the body is a, a thing that is breaking down at all times. And we're trying through our various lifestyle practices to improve that process and postpone the de deterioration as much as possible. And through meditation and mindfulness practices, we're trying to have a better attitude about the process and being able to uh, maintain a positive attitude when we get sick. Um, but basically we're dealing with uh, a system that is breaking down at all times and we're just or, or, or we're, we're like the doshas are like um, juggling balls and we're trying to keep all of the balls in the air and not let any one of them drop out and then the whole system st starts to fall apart um, so that's not it's not very romantic but um, at least it's trying to be practical um, the doshas themselves, uh, doshas represent how the five elements function in biological systems. That's the purpose of the. That's the purpose of articulating the system of the doshas. So the the three doshas, as I mentioned, are vata, pitta, and kapha. The vata dosha is 
relates to the air and ether element. The kapa dosha, uh, the pitta dosha rather, relates to the fire element and a little bit of fire and, and water, according to Ayurveda. And the kapa dosha relates to, or kapha, you'll hear people say kapha, but there's no pha in Sanskrit, so it's actually kapa, but it's written ph. Anyway, that's another thing. So um, the kapa dosha is um, earth and water element. So um, we're, we're looking at these. They, they, don't, they rarely or never exist in a pure form. You don't see the kapa dosha independently of the vata and pitta doshas. We're looking at them as relative states of balance or imbalance. And that's a crucial part of Ayurveda. Is we, the reason we looked at the five elements, the reason I spent time explaining that is because we're looking at how states of matter manifest in biological systems and how they f- function in a state of relative balance uh, or imbalance in, and how we can understand that so that we have a t- tools or framework for um, looking at what we can do to manage or balance the doshas. Um, so we have with the, with the doshas... We are, uh, every, every being, every person is born with a particular balance of the doshas. This would be like your inherited characteristics. Um, you know, we love nowadays in, the, in Western medicine to talk about the genetic influence on disease and how much of it is a quality of genetics and how much of it is a quality of the environment. And in Ayurveda, this is represented by Purusha and Prakriti. And um, these are concepts from Sankhya philosophy, and they have a whole di- different meaning in Sankhya philosophy. But um, Purusha means, in this case, original quality or original characteristics. And Prakriti means what, what, how that's manifesting in the present moment. So when we are born, we have our own inherited characteristics, which are genetics in the kind of Western vernacular or Purusha in the Ayurvedic vernacular. Um, and then prakriti is what's going on with you moment to moment. And in an ideal, ideally, we want our prakriti, what's happening in the moment to moment in our daily life, like how you felt when you woke up this morning and how you felt after you ate breakfast, we want to balance that experience with purusha. We want it to be as close to our inherited characteristics as possible. Um, because that's our own relative state of balance or imbalance that we're working with. Um, so this is also uh, the reason I'm mentioning this and why I think this is important is that there's not really any such thing as a perfect state of health there's not like an abstract ideal um, body type or or personality type that we're all trying to be more like that particular we're not trying to all get to some archetypical pattern of what the ideal person is each of us is different and we have our own balance of the doshas at birth, and then that process, that's a process that's continually changing moment to moment throughout our lives. So the, the ideal of perfect health is an abstraction. What, we're, what we want to be doing and what we need to be doing is looking at how do we keep ourselves in balance the best that we can in order to do what we want to do with our lives. So that's going, to, that's going to be totally influenced by 
what your motivations are, what your interests are, what your lifestyle is, where you live, what the climactic conditions of your environment are, um, the kinds of relationships that you have, all of those are going to affect our doshas. So it's not as simple as what, you know, what we have like physically going on. It's, it, it's a combination of all the characteristics of our environment. So, I mean, it, it, it's helpful then to know that there's always going to be something wrong, right? This is samsara, in case you didn't. If nobody told you before, I'm telling you now that there's always going to be something wrong. We're, there, there is no such thing as perfect health. Um, and eventually, the, the, the body will break down, the doshas will break down, and, and all of us are going to die. Uh, that's, not, that's not optional. There's not like a way to perfect balancing your doshas and then never, and then nothing, there will never be a problem and you will never die. So we're working, and that's part of why dosha means to spoil. Eventually, one of the humors is going to go way off and that it's curtains, you know? Uh, so we, at, at the same time, we want to maintain vitality to reach our goals. And this is something that I've learned over, when I got into natural health, I thought there was like an ideal state of health and that there was a right way to get it and that if you could just like crack the code, then it's gonna be smooth sailing. You just have to do the right thing all the time. But one of the things that I have come to realize is that really what motivates the desire or the need for good health is uh, actualizing our goals. So knowing what we want from our life is really what underlies or drives the process of, of healthcare. And, that, and for many people, allopathic medicine is working fine for them. You know, they've got goals that don't really require their body to work that well or not work that well, or for them to pay that much attention to it. And so we just sort of set the whole question aside. Um, but what I'm asserting and what I think Ayurveda is asserting is that if we set spiritual cultivation as our goal, then we necessarily need to not just maintain an acceptable state of health, but that we need to um, develop our vitality. And from our vitality is what comes the clarity and awareness and stability, internal stability and physical and mental stability that allows us to develop spiritually. So if developing spiritually, spiritual, if developing spiritually is your goal, then I believe that preventative medicine, health, uh, holistic health, is uh, a necessary component of that. And um, spiritual cultivation, maybe you've noticed, takes a long time. Uh, it requires a, a lot of years of practice. It requires, at least in my case, it, it requires making lots of mistakes over and over again and feeling like there's progress and then suddenly feeling like not only have I lost that progress, but I've moved backwards in my personal development. Um, so uh, um, this is a part of why natural health and vitality is important because we want to maintain our health and vitality uh, as we age so that we are able to maintain mental clarity and, uh, and stability and resilience in our old age. Um, you know, it's common now in the modern West with diseases of affluence for um, people's bodies to break down before their mind breaks down or for their mind to break down before their bodies are breaking down. We have a lot of neurological disorders and heart disease and um, cancer and things that um, to some degree, of course, it's all dependent on ca the causes and conditions, your own karma, your own purusha and your prakriti. But to a great degree, those can be um, mitigated or ameliorated or balanced through 
um, lifestyle choices and especially dietary choices. <laughs> so um, I'm not trying to, you know, as I said, I'm not trying to like, um, you know, admonish anyone or like give you a prescription for what like the ideal diet is, uh, even though the class is called yogic nutrition. I think that it really is coming from your own internal desires and what you want to do and what you want from your life. And, you know, if sensual pleasures is, is top priority, then, you know, you, this is a great culture for sensual pleasures. You know, we have lots of exotic or, you know, very rich foods um, that are fun to eat but maybe aren't ideal for um, long-term health or spiritual cultivation if consumed in abundance or excess. So, anyway... Um, now we're going to get a little bit of technical stuff about the doshas. Um, and uh, the, the cool thing about the doshas, though, is that you can always go back to the five elements. So that contemplation that we did together of contemplating the five elements, what they are in a fundamental way, how they come into our body, move around inside our body for a little while, and then leave our body again. Um, that, with that contemplation... Honestly, we could end the Ayurveda thing, the whole talk right now, because with that contemplation, everything else is built upon that. With facility in that contemplation, um, you gain the tools and the skills to be able to intuit on your own everything else that comes out of Ayurveda. So, um, but we have shortcuts because people have been practicing this for a long time. We've got Ayurveda textbooks and everything that document this stuff so we can just sort of fast forward that process and learn it and then and then go to the process of observing it and practicing it in our, in our own life. Um, okay, the doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. Vata dosha is um, the air and space element as they manifest in biological systems. The qualities, uh, so each of the doshas then has qualities. And so I'm going to list the, the qualities and list some of the characteristics. And then we'll talk a little bit about how they work together. Um, so the qualities of the vata dosha are, which you can imagine, right? Air and ether. Cold, dry, light, as in not heavy. Um, rough, I find that one interesting. Rough meaning um, like uh, with dryness comes roughness, you know? Like dry, you can imagine like dry skin be being rough or flaky or something like that. Um, subtle mobile and clear, as in transparent. So um, the, the vata dosha is primary, primarily characterized by movement or instability or changeability. So in a person, the general characteristics of vata in a person would be, for example, irregular digestion. Sometimes, or, or like there's a, a great appetite, but then the indigestion after you eat the food. Or some days there's really strong digestion and other days, strong digestion, strong desire for food, like a, you know when you have a really strong appetite, and other days there's no desire for food. Um, and I'm talking about these, as I mentioned, these don't exist in abstract, but I'm describing each of the doshas in sort of a, an abstract, idealized way, and then you'll see how they fit together. Um, the vata body type is thin and slight. The vata um, personality type is anxious and excitable. So uh, easily stimulated um, or always a little overstimulated. 
Um, and then the, the vata characteristic of the vata person is that they desire change. So craving new or different experiences. The pitta dosha um, is the combination of fire and water. So it's pr pri primarily fire, but Ayurveda says it's fire and a little bit of water. So the um, qualities are hot, sharp, light, liquid. It's also mobile. So vata and pitta, you can imagine a fire. Um, pitta is mobile in the sense of a, the way that a fire is mobile, and vata is mobile in the sense of the way a breeze is mobile. And pitta is oily. That's the sense of the, uh, the water element in with the fire element is that oily quality. So the characteristics in a person are strong digestion, uh, strong appetite, um, both uh, food and uh, in learning and experiences. So the, the um, pitta type craves um, intellectual stimulation, but also craves intense experiences. So um, they tend to have a medium or muscular build, an intense personality, and a sharp temper. So um, I, I think of the I think of the pitta type as like um, you know like the extreme sports kind of thing, like those those like kites, those kite outfits that people wear, and then they jump off a cliff and like <laughs> fly like a flying squirrel. Like that's like the or bungee jumping or whatever. Like that's kind of the pitta type is like. And you know, you kind of know if you have a lot of this because it's like some of us, like the, the thought of like jumping off a cliff wearing a kite outfit <laughs> sounds like a terrible idea. And other people are like, sign me up. Like, can we do that today? That sounds great, you know? Um, so you can get a sense of the pitta type um, that way. And the vata type, you know, is that kind of like I've got a lot of vata. And, and so like vata type is kind of like a little bit irritated all the time and like doesn't like loud sounds and like big crowds and stuff like that. So like the Vata type is not going to be that attracted to like going to a music festival or something where you have big crowds of people and loud music in your face and it's like three days long and you're camping and sleeping on the ground. Like some people says that sounds great. And, then, and the Vata type is going to be like, no, I'm going to like have a fire in the fireplace and get under the covers and have hot cocoa and read a book while you're off doing the thing at the... No burning man. <laughs> so the Kappa type uh, is earth and water. And um, the qualities are heavy, slow, dull as opposed to sharp, um, cold, again, liquid, smooth, dense, soft, um, gross as opposed to subtle. The characteristics in the person are um, kappas have a strong appetite but slow digestion. So they tend to have a heavy build, um, they tend towards being overweight or muscular. Like sometimes maybe you've seen like these bodybuilder guys who have like enormous muscles. Um, that's a manifestation of the kappa type. Um, so it's not, it's not always overweight. It's, it's kind of like a, a larger or stockier type of body type. Um, their personality type is uh, calm, steady, and kind. 
and uh, the 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 kappa type desires accumulating things, so they tend towards uh, being greedy or wanting you know wanting a lot of food or laziness. So, um, kappa types tend to have a lot of stamina and emotional and mental stability, um, but that can be and on the negative side be that they also can sleep 18 hours a day and getting out of bed is like why why would you get out of bed you could just stay in bed. I'm fine right here like nothing is that nothing's that important I'm fine it, everything's fine we're fine let's just let's just eat all day and so you, and then these appear in combination so there's the, the in any combination. So you can have a vata pitta type, who's like primarily vata with a little less pitta, so like kind of anxious but also intense. Or you can have a pitta vata type, who's like predominantly pitta but with also vata, and and so on. So vata pitta, uh, vata kappa, pitta kappa, and you can see these kinds of characteristics as they emerge in different kinds of. People and as you, if if you gain facility with this, you'll start to notice how it emerges in yourself, but also how it em- emerges in your friends and family, and and uh, it, it becomes kind of an interesting little game that you can play, trying to like kind of figure out what's going on uh, in the people around you, which really actually gives you, uh, I mean, from the bodhisattva ideal standpoint, it gives you tools to help people. Because if you have Vata friends, you'll know that they just get overstimulated and anxious and uh, they're like a little uh, annoyed and stuff like that. And then like their irritation and their annoyance doesn't really bother you so much because you're like, oh, that's just, they're not like an irritating person. They're like, oh, that's just like a, a Vata aggravation. And, uh, and same thing with Pitta types, you know, who tend to fly off the handle. Uh, without much provocation, and you're like, "Whoa, what happened? Like, why are we? Why? Like, what brought this whole thing on?" But then, like we were talking about in cultivating emotional balance, I find that helpful to balance with the doshas because then I can see, like, oh, "Okay, this is this is how they just are having a pitta aggravation," and then it stops being like their angry person, and it's like, "Oh, this is a this is a manifestation of pitta aggravation," and then, or if you have a friend who like you have to drag everywhere, or like. If you have a significant other who never gets out of bed, and you're like, okay, that's right, they're just a kappa. But it should be on the dating websites. <laughs> it, should be. it should be on the dating websites. So at the same time, we also can um, balance the doshas by um, knowing what their characteristics are and then applying the antidotes. 